Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone. This is Ricardo Colla, Director of Digital Food Science with RIPE.io and uh, the host of this podcast, Know Your Food. Uh, in our current series, we are bringing experts from across the food system to discuss food safety and food security in the COVID-19 emergency. And in today's episode, we're going to look at the impact on food brands. I'm delighted to welcome Eugenio Perrier. Uh, Eugenio is a marketing executive with more than 25 years experience on fostering brands growth in food companies such as Barilla and the Sabra Dipping Company. He's currently consultant of big mid-sized companies and a mentor at leading food innovation accelerator like FoodX. We share a passion for innovation in food and most importantly, also the same college affiliation with the Polytechnic of the, the Milano. Uh, welcome, Eugenio. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you for having me. So I'd love to start by just uh, having you tell us briefly about some of the interesting projects you're working on lately. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, currently I'm, uh, I'm wearing, uh, I feel I'm wearing a few different hats. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm uh, currently a partner at Seven Dots, which is a boutique consultancy, uh, which is focused on uh, CPG, um, in the CPG world with uh, food and non-food companies. Uh, actually, I'm currently working on a project on candies, which is interesting and fun. Um, but then uh, in parallel, I have also my own practice uh, uh, supporting mostly specialty food and most cases is specialty food from, um, from abroad, from uh, abroad the United States. And uh, actually, one of the projects I'm, uh, I'm leading now is for uh, one of the Italian jewels, which is the Parmigiano Reggiano, which is really one of um, the expression of excellence of, of Italian food. Uh, and then on top of that, also wearing uh, several uh, um, advisory board roles uh, with uh, early stage companies, and as you mentioned, mentoring at uh, FoodEx, which continue to keep me uh, in, engaged and uh, um, inspired all the time. Yeah, well, that's I, I know FoodX, of course, as well from past experiences where we actually met. And yeah. uh, so uh, as you are looking at uh, bigger companies and small companies, in general, what would you say are the most relevant consequences of uh, this pandemic on, on CPGs and brands uh, in their operations? Well, I mean, uh, I've been talking to, to several uh, um, of these um, entrepreneurs and several executives uh, over the past several weeks, of course. And uh, I mean, certainly one of the main important uh, and most pressing topics they have to face is, uh, first of all, to guarantee the safety of the workers mm -hmm. and uh, those that are meant to provide and to secure 
the business continuity for uh, those uh, those type of operations. That is not an easy task, as uh, as you can imagine. They need to to, to change uh, some of their protocols, uh, and you know also need to have uh, cooperation from uh, from all the workers. Uh, obviously, there is. Uh, for everyone, there is a significant uh, pressure on um, the supply chain side to make sure that uh, they can also secure the fulfillment of, of the orders. But I would say that in this specific situation, probably uh, the startups or the small companies are uh, a little bit in a disadvantageous position because of uh, some of the cash flow challenges that they may face. And uh, cash flow, obviously, for a startup is always uh, one of the key critical components sure that they have enough resources to keep uh, the business going while they are trying to grow and to mm-hmm. generate the resources that they need for the development. Yeah, that's for sure. So there's a uh, there's the you mentioned that difference between uh, uh, the startup world and, and 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 bigger businesses, of course, on the immediate impact. So, um, in in terms of of uh, in general, when you look at a food brand, um, there's it's difficult to be prepared to this kind of events. But are there some key factors of a more successful response uh, that you might think of uh, in a brand? Well, I I think in a situation, every situation is different, right? And so it depends uh, uh, what are the challenges that you're facing. I think in uh, in the time that we are uh, living, um, where uh, I think everyone is facing a lot of anxiety for Mm -hmm. a reason, and uh, each individual, um, as individuals, we are, each of us are, are, trying to to figure out a way to find our own balance i think trust is a key word and so not surprisingly i think we have seen some of the large well-established brand uh, being among the brands that have been thriving in in this type of of environment because uh, not necessarily because they have have, uh, they are a larger organization, but more importantly, I think, because uh, consumers know what they get. And, uh, and they, in this uh, context, uh, they probably are not willing to take uh, additional risk. They don't want to risk going for uh, maybe a brand that they don't know well, that they don't know what can deliver. And, uh, and so I think that is one of the key success, successful factors or key factors of success for for companies in this uh, in this type of environment, yeah. Um, other important element, I think, Ricardo, are the ability to provide um, good value for money. Um, I mean, obviously, we keep hearing all the time about the impact that this pandemic is having uh, at large on the economy and uh, um, on the financial availability and the financial. Uh, the disposable money that people have uh, to spend. And so I think consumers are starting to, to, to look at, uh, uh, at the value as one of the components that uh, is driving their choice. Mm-hmm. And so that part uh, is obviously extremely important. And then the other element that I would consider um, is that those uh, companies and brands that uh, have been able to invest in the past 
uh, to build their e-commerce capabilities, they are in a better position today because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of consumers are moving uh, and trying uh, e-commerce for the first time, and many of them are liking it. Yeah, that for sure. And I, I, uh, I really would like to come back very quickly on the trust uh, uh, factor because uh, it seems um, that then uh, you trust the brand that is well known. Uh, you get, you know, what you get, as you mentioned. Uh, it seems to be a little bit uh, going um, uh, against the recent trend of. Uh, consumers trusting new brands because they would uh, trust less the biggest players. So perhaps in situation of emergencies, these trust is reversed, right? Well, I think you change a little bit your perspective, right? Yeah. And so you certainly, I mean, before this pandemic, I think we uh, we have seen a lot of consumer rewarding uh, small brands, local brands, brands that we are able to uh, engage with a different uh, conversation. And and that made a lot of sense because uh, I think uh, all these small brands were building a credibility in terms of being more authentic, uh, simpler, down-to-earth, uh, something that you can really rely on. Mm-hmm. However, Today, in this context, you want to make sure that you have something that is really solid and reliable. And I think it's a natural reaction to go back to those household names that you are very familiar with. You've been growing with that. You know what it is. You know what you get, what you get and you don't want surprises. And, yeah. uh, and that has a value. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not going to change later. And uh, I think there will be also for small brands and for local brands opportunities. I think there will be plenty of opportunities. But I think as an immediate reaction, I'm not surprised to see that these uh, uh, staple or staple brands, most known brands are really growing faster. Yeah, that's a really good insight. So Switching a little bit to uh, uh, the food safety topic, Um, and again, maybe not the science of food safety, but how consumers are reacting. So there's no report of transmission through food or packaging, Uh, yet uh, consumer concern might grow given latest reports of the increasing number of food workers, as you mentioned, that are getting sick, for example, in processing plants or in farms. So how can the brand reassure consumers about the safety of their products? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in my mind, uh, packaging plays a very significant role uh, to reassure consumers about uh, the safety and hygiene of the products that they are getting. Uh, You know, you you want to make sure that uh, the products are uh, uh, sealed in a way that they are really they really feel safe and uh, and you know that goes back also to other type of crisis that we have seen and experienced in the past um, where you know there has been at some point the development of this type of uh, anti-tampering uh, kind of caps or anti-tampering packaging because uh, packaging protects the food and so it's absolutely essential now there are implications about that that maybe we're going to talk about um, in a few minutes 
Um, so, but I think that to me is number one. Number two, I think there is an opportunity for companies to um, show and talk about the type of protocols they are using to secure the safety to the people, to, to the workers, and as a consequence to the products. And as you probably have seen, also in terms of the marketing effort that companies are making, uh, there has been a switch, a uh, complete uh, radical switch in terms of the content. And so um, the focus in the conversation, in the communication has been very much to acknowledge the situation and support uh, what was going on. But uh, I would expect that as we move forward, there will be some of these companies that will be able to communicate that will also focus more on how they're making their foods mm -hmm. and what are the things and the measures that they are taking to secure that uh, everything that goes on the shelf is really safe. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, communication in that, in that part is, is going to be extremely yeah. important moving forward, yeah. Which, you know, it's also a matter... You know, it's also a matter of being transparent with your operations. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and we know that uh, transparency is one of uh, uh, the values that consumers uh, reward the most. I mean, this is one of the reasons why we were seeing small brands growing faster pre-pandemic because mm -hmm. they used to be more transparent than the big brands. But... Uh, if some of the large companies are able to create and to have this type of transparency in how they are operating and how they are treating their people too, which is also equally important in this type of situation, um, you know, that is going to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> talking about the consumer trends and, and how we, we react, uh, one of the first immediate reaction was... Uh, uh, some rapid shift of demand uh, from the consumer on long shelf life items, uh, some product with positive perceived benefits. Um, and so that puts a strain in uh, the supply chains of the food companies. So how can they uh, respond quickly to adapt to these uh, rapid shifts of consumer demand? Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, extremely interesting and uh, um, it's difficult to, to make forecast uh, and to predict what, uh, what is going to happen here. However, I think consumer will continue, in my mind, will continue to prioritize health, especially because, you know, you're spending more time at home and uh, you are probably you need to think of yourself, uh, how do you keep your well-being while you're constrained uh, in, in your house? Uh, but at the same time, how do you combine that also with uh, probably the need to comfort yourself? And so I would expect this balancing act to really be essential. And so I can, uh, I, I honestly can see potentially a surge um, in um, offering and availability of functional food products. Mm -hmm. Products that are fortified with uh, those nutrients that uh, are critical and needed to maintain a sound diet. Maybe products that are fortified with some benefits like uh, um, immunity. Mm -hmm. uh, that can help to to you know foster your uh, immuno immunity system and uh, make you more resistant to uh, any 
type of uh, of viral uh, risk. And uh, so I think that could spur some uh, very interesting innovation. Uh, and then the other thing that I would see that were, that is a very interesting tension in my mind um, between the perception of uh, what is uh, healthy, um, which uh, recently was very much associated with fresh, um, with the, the challenge that uh, uh, delivering fresh products uh, cannot can can be quite difficult, and even in safe safe uh, fresh product can put tension to the supply chain. So, uh, will that represent that there is an opportunity maybe for uh, local farms to thrive, or for more decentralized supply chain model to take over the existing supply chain model, so that the type of food that we are going to see in the future is also going to change? Yeah, for sure. So. I think in in this last session, I'd like to switch the focus on the future. We already spoke about um, uh, some um, key success, a key fa- success for, uh, factor for success. For example, the ability to have an e-commerce platform um, and uh, and uh, to provide also uh, transparency. So, uh, what can the brands? Uh, what additional? Uh, um, actions can do can the brand takes to be better prepared should the next emergency uh, occur yeah i mean first of all i would say crises uh, are never fun uh, no. it's always a frightening situation unfortunately or fortunately i had to go through a few crises in my so I've been uh, dealing with this type of situation. But one of the key learning I, I had was that it's also a phenomenal opportunity uh, to to make yourself better and mm-hmm. to make the company better and to be more prepared for uh, when the challenge is going to come. So that uh, instead of being there trying to jazz or improvise something, uh, you have a plan to follow. And that plan to follow that ideally you are also tested and practiced will make you come out of the crisis stronger. And that could make the difference between a company that is struggling or a company that is thriving. Uh, so obviously that means a new, course, a new way to work. Um, and uh, honestly, just keeping the fact that uh, Safety is crucial for consumers and is crucial for operators. So I think that, to me, it's one important component. Uh, The other thing that you mentioned and you touched upon is uh, transparency. I think transparency, I mean, it's it's always been an essential essential word uh, um, when uh, thinking about food. I think it's going to be even more essential as we move forward because people will want to know where the food is coming from, uh, in which uh, moment uh, may it have been exposed to any of risk, um, which are all the different uh, rings of the chain that may be um, weak or uh, where there may be some, uh, some hole. And so I think with, uh, with regard to that, I believe that uh, traceability um, is going to be crucial uh, which obviously will position uh, companies like Ripe.io and uh, the blockchain system 
as a critical capability to have for companies that really want to make sure that they are able to deliver good and safe food products to their consumers. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, in in that technology space, um, I can see because we are working on 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 that particular uh, area of traceability and transparency, uh, the application of blockchain. However, I think that also whenever we think about the future of food, um, we should not definitely we should not isolate uh, each player because the solution comes uh, with changes uh, of the food system as a whole so mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions that is really you know hard to answer but what can they what, what can the uh, conditions or changes in the condition at the food system wide uh, level uh, need to happen uh, to guarantee we are better prepared as a as a food system uh, to to emergencies What do you see in terms of perhaps collaborations, regulations, or other conditions that need to be implemented at the food system level? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's giving uh, every everyone in uh, in the chain. I mean, from the supplier, the retailers, the consumers, the opportunity to really be able to to see what has happened to that particular piece of food so that uh, you can have visibility across the entire supply chain of, of the food that uh, you are choosing and so that you can make choices also based on that type of, uh, of information. Uh, I think that is going to help, uh, first of all, consumers to have and to build on the trust that they are looking for, which is uh, one of the things that we were talking at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, we'll give retailers an opportunity to really feel like they have um, control and uh, they can offer those type of products with confidence to their um, Um, customers and we'll also give uh, the confidence to the manufacturers that they know that uh, every single ingredient that they are using is an ingredient that is sound and safe and so they just have to take care and make sure that the protocols that they have in place are going to be effective. I think if there is this type of connection and if we see, instead of looking at the system in, in silos, we see the system as a system, uh, I think this is going to create an enormous benefit to the, entire, um, to the entire industry, I believe. Yeah. So overall, I think there is... Uh, Uh, opportunities and a silver lining in general for the food system uh, getting out of this crisis. So I think I'd like to conclude with, uh, uh, with a question because you are uh, an innovator and close mm -hmm. to other innovators in the food system. If you have to bet on one or two new ideas that could improve could bring long-lasting change to the food systems or maybe one or two companies uh, uh, or in general ideas without naming companies, what would you bet on? Well, I don't know if I can come with an idea, but there is something that has been bugging me over the past few weeks. 
which is related to packaging. And uh, we talked at the beginning how mm-hmm. critical and important packaging, the role of packaging is to provide safety and to reassure consumers about safety. However, we obviously know very well that we are coming from uh, a different conversation. And over the past couple of years, we've been talking a lot about uh, the impact that uh, packaging is having, especially single-use plastic is having on on our planet. And uh, um, that we have to reinvent the way we are thinking about packaging so that uh, uh, you know, we can have a more sustainable consumption model. Mm. Uh, I think what we are living today is uh, actually pulling us backward, but they don't want to go backward. So that, I believe, could represent a phenomenal opportunity for innovators to come and develop new and different materials that are able to reconcile between these that exist uh, between, from one side, the need, which is a primary need, to guarantee safety and trust in the food, that the food that I'm going to eat is going to be clean and good for me. But at the same time, also, the responsibility that we all have as citizens of this planet, that we don't want to you know, overwhelm the planet with a lot of, uh, of garbage and a lot of byproduct. Yeah. And I think uh, what is happening will certainly create a big pool for uh, new thinking, new development, uh, new materials. Uh, so I think it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this is going to unfold. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Eugenio. Uh, and where, where can listeners learn more about your work, your company? Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Uh, It was certainly my pleasure and it's been fun. Um, I think uh, people can check on uh, my profile uh, um, on LinkedIn. I mean, that is where you can have all the information about what I'm doing and what I've done. And maybe, you know, if you want to know more about Seven Dots, just visit sevendots.com. So you can learn about the type of uh, consulting practices and, you know, feel free to connect uh, if you want to know more um, about what we do and if you think that we can be helpful. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to all listeners. Uh, you can find this episode on our website and on Apple Podcasts. So stay tuned for the next one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.